is going on, everybody? Back Wildlife Command Center podcast is myself, Chris Star. Thank you guys for jumping on with me. I appreciate it. On this episode, we've got one of my good friends, Lou Souter, a falconer here in Nevada who flies almost strictly, no, not almost, strictly goshawks <laughs> and a big time, big game hunter. He's who got me into elk hunting. Crazy. I know, right? So this is another one of those episodes that was recorded a few years ago. So bear with me. (laughs) Bear with my green behind, basically. I was very early into podcasting back in those days. So we're going to talk about hawks. We're going to talk about big game hunting and a few other things. If you guys haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and leave us an awesome five-star review. It really does help. Check me out on Instagram, Lone, S-T-A-R-R. Lone Star Trapper, and enjoy this pod. Thank you guys for jumping on with me again on the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Lou, what's going on, man? Thank you for agreeing to jump on the podcast with me. How you doing? Pretty good. Awesome. My pleasure, yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I really appreciate it. We're yeah. just getting this thing off the ground. So I'm starting with everybody who lives pretty close to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, why not the Russian goshawk guy, the white goshawk guy? Yeah, I that's don't know you. if I'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's involved <laughs> into that. But I tell you, you know, I mean, I think Mark is the one that really started it all. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, if he didn't import those birds in the very beginning, then we wouldn't be where we are right now, you know? He was the OG? Yeah. I don't yeah. know enough about him. I just grew up seeing like, wow, there are goshawks that are pure white. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. And then sure enough, now like everybody's got them. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the price was prohibited. You know, you couldn't spend 25, 30 grand for a bird. Who can do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark started importing goshawks in because he wanted people to have them. Yeah. You know, so. That's so we awesome. we got lucky. We started producing birds and kind of like the trickle down effect, you know. So, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. you don't live too far. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your beginnings. Where did you start? Where did you first hear about falconry? Well, I grew up in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I think the thing that got me in the falconry, you know, just like probably about 80% of the people you talk to is reading my side of the mountain, ah, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, how old are you? You're like, you're probably... 20, how old am I right now? 28. 28. So did they, when you were in elementary school, did they have like a, a list of books that you kind of check off and you ask your parents for money and then not, they purchase them? So I've heard of that a lot. Not really. Yeah. I bounced around schools a lot because we moved a lot, yeah. but I was a bookworm myself, right? you know? So I was always reading something. Yeah. And then of course I eventually got around to that because it's like, obviously. So yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it was a book that it was offered in the scholastic mm-hmm. book club or whatever. And, and I got it and read it. And man, you know, I mean, I, where I lived in North Carolina was kind of a relatively rural area. Yeah. I had Croatan National Forest behind my house. It goes for miles, you know, mm-hmm. so I could just leave out the back door, walk out and not see another house for, for miles. Nice. So that was pretty cool. My side of the mountain, man. I mean, living off the wild and, <laughs> and you know, getting a falcon to get get your food for you and peregrine to catch yeah. rabbits. Yeah, I, I was. You know, <laughs> I was walking around with an imaginary uh, falc, uh, hawk on my fist, and and it was probably the other way around. You know, I didn't know any better. You mm-hmm. know, but I had I, there was another book called Flight of the White Wolf, which wasn't as popular as My Side of the Mountain, but mm-hmm. it was a story about a boy and his white wolf that he had to save from being killed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you know. Pet wolf and hawk, and I'd go yeah. walk around the woods. Really weird, you know. So, uh, 
And then in, uh, I was also a Boy Scout, and back in the back of a Boy's Life magazine, which is a monthly periodical that you would get mm-hmm. being a Boy Scout, they had uh, a falconry school, an ad for a falconry school. Really? Yeah. I wish I could get an old copy and see that, because that was pretty cool. Well, who ran that? I don't know, but I never, you know, I mean, I didn't have money. You know, I'm just like a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't. So it wasn't until I got my license, and I didn't know any falconers. This is in North Carolina, too, you know, which oh, yeah. is— yeah, I, I never There's saw There's not a ton there. I know. Falconry was always in the back of my mind. And uh, fast forward to, you know, I'm like 20, 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I'm living in Southern California. And I remember one day I was uh, driving out. I was going to go snake hunting out in Palm Springs area. Nice. And I was taking the exit off the, the highway, and something caught my eye. And there was a dude swinging the lure on the floor. Uh, I'm like, holy shit. Is that a falconry thing? A falconry thing, you know. Is that a falconry thing? I drove. I, you know, <laughs> by the time I got to the exit and worked my way back, you know, there was nobody there. I'm like, oh, oh man, I know man. there was something there, you know. So, mm-hmm. and then um, probably about the same time of year, I was um, visiting a friend of mine that uh, had indigo snakes. And I was helping him nice. clean cages and stuff, you nice. know. And this other dude showed up. He asked if I like to play foosball, and I was. Back then, I was really good at foosball. So we went over to his house, and he collected books. Walked in, there's Frank Beebe's Falconry Mantle. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, nice. you know, there's books on falconry? Are you kidding me? Uh, this is long before the internet, you know? So <laughs> I, 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 you know, I got him to get that book for me, and, you know, then you read about what's involved in getting it. And it was, you know, not knowing any falconers, it was pretty daunting, you know? I mean, I didn't think that, you know, I can't run through all that. You know, yeah. who, who can do that? But it turned out that Gavin had an interest in this guy. Football guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he had an interest in, in falconry and he ended up moving to Colorado. One day he called me up. I was living in Florida now. Mm-hmm. He said, Hey man, can you hear that? That's my red tail. No, he did it. Uh-huh. And so if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't until I moved from Florida back to Nevada that actually pulled the trigger on it and went out. And, Dude, what better place? Yeah, I know. Man. I had no idea it was how lucky I was. People don't. I know. I my, know. my apprentice, well, I, I, he's now knows because I straight up told him, I'm like, this is a Mecca mm-hmm. for falconry. Yeah. Unless you like, I don't know, want to hunt ducks strictly or tree squirrels, which you can both still do. I, I did it. This place is as good as it gets for a myriad of different reasons, mm-hmm. you know? All the different quarry you can hunt. It's just a great place. All the yeah. BLM, all the open land, free land. Yeah, and it's just the amount of game just in the area. Oh, it was kind of funny. Here's a really funny story. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm i going to take a test. So I, yep. I collect the books. I had the Falconry Manual. I went to the library, <laughs> got a couple of old books. I forget what they were. Glacier, the one that Glacier wrote. Oh, Phil, yeah. Uh, yeah. Falconry and Hawking, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Anyway, got yeah. these books, and I read them back and forth, you know, a couple times, and and I had to go to Reno to take the test. And I, you know, I walked in there like, man, I'm going to ace this thing. And my friend Gavin, he goes, he goes, hey, look, whatever Dude. you do, don't be the first person in history to fail the test. Oh. I'm like, really? I'm like, nobody fails? He goes, nobody ever fails. But he was just putting me. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he, well, that's good yeah. that he's like. Yeah, he's kind of funny. Your toes, but. Yeah. So I went in there and they gave me the test. And I remember reading the first question. I didn't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Reading the second question, had no idea. Third question, oh, no. I'm like, oh my God. I sat back. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. You know, I'm screwed. And it was, it was, I don't know. I think there might be the same for all states. I'm not sure. But the first three questions were questions about books on falconry. 
at least the ones in Nevada, mm, this Nevada. Really? Place. Yeah. Like if you wanted to uh, get a book on Raptor identification, which one would be the one to get? Oh, uh, now yeah. that you put that that way, that yeah. I've read that before. Yeah. And like, like if you Peterson if, field guy, yeah, if, if you wanted a book on, on uh, how to treat Raptors for various ailments or whatever, which book would you get? And they had, you know, multiple choice. Oh my like, gosh. I never heard of these books. I only had three or four, you know, <laughs> old ones, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. I passed. I passed. Nice. In the meantime, you know, when I was working at it, this one, computers were starting to come out, mm-hmm. you know, and then I eventually got a computer and kind of like surfing the internet. There was a grainy video of a dude that was, he was walking backwards and you could tell he had a hawk. It was really grainy. You couldn't really tell what it was, mm-hmm. but he's walking backwards toward a pond, I guess. They couldn't yep. see the pond. And then some other dude came running up beside him and they flushed a duck and he turned around, threw his bird yep. and the thing went up there and snatched this duck out of the air. And it was, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to fly a gossock. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. You know, you have to get through the whole red tail thing first, you know, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. and that's where it started. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. First video you ever see is Exactly what you do. Yeah. That, that's, you know, I mean, like I said, you read My Side of the Mountain and everybody wants a peregrine falcon. And then when you read a little bit more, you know, the Harris Hawks look really cool. They hunt in the pack and mm-hmm. really tame and everything. But it was that video that really drove it home. But that might be what you first really... imprinted on. <laughs> Mine was my grandpa lure flying a peregrine. Mm-hmm. So that might be, uh, I'm going to fly my first peregrine this year. Nice. Um, I've done the red tails. Harris Hawks really well. A few like dabbling in Falcons, mm-hmm. you know, here's and there's. But this year it's like my first time I'm just immersing, truly immersing myself. That's pretty cool. So when did you, you already had a bird at that point? No, it was before. It was yeah. before. In okay. fact, I think I was living in Florida when I saw the video. Okay. Yeah. And moved back here, got my license. And, and then I didn't, you know, my living area wasn't conducive. <laughs> yeah. I built the Mew. But, you know, it was, I was renting, getting going, you know, living in Nevada and stuff. It wasn't until I moved to this property here mm-hmm. that uh, I actually built a proper mew and yeah. got inspected and, yeah, went out and trapped. The whole sponsorship thing was kind of strange, too, because um, when you passed the test in Nevada, they gave you a list of, of falconers that could be potential sponsors. That's awesome. Yeah. And the closest guy was this, this man named Gene Landfather. And mm-hmm. he only lived, you know, like right down the highway. That's awesome. So I called him up and um, he said, yeah, I'd be happy to sponsor you. But I just want to let you know that I'm getting ready to start chemo treatments, you know. Oh, for, yeah. Dude. I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, so uh, the one thing that Gene really, you know, I, I was a, a paper, what do you call it? I've heard of it as a paper sponsor. Yeah. Like, all he did was sign your stuff. And sign my stuff. And he, and he, make it happen. he taught me how to take a red tail off of BC because I had no idea. The rest is yours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and the, when I saw that, I'm like, really? That's it? You know, there's not going to be an epic battle, you know? Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I had no idea. the bird on right. the track. So he did that. And then, you know, then I just took off and trapped my first bird. It was kind of funny because, you know, now red tails are really docile on the trap. They're like in shock. Mm-hmm. And pick them up. The one that I end up keeping was the one that was trying to foot me that I did have to battle. Dude, those are, those can sometimes be the best birds. They, it was the most man. fight. Yeah. You know, it, the, the first time I took it out hunting after I entered it on a, on a rabbit, a mm-hmm. domestic rabbit, the first time I flew her free on, on wild game, she caught a bunny. And I thought, wow. this is, 
this is great. I, this is happening. This is what's going to happen every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think so. Yeah, I know. And that, that's another thing too. So Gene, you know, he was in chemo and stuff. So he was just not really all there mm-hmm. you know, if I had any questions. And honestly, I think at the time that I was probably the only really active falconer in the area. Oh, really? Yeah. Before yeah. the Mogliches? He was there, but, you know, there's a really funny story about Mark. I probably shouldn't tell it. <laughs> but but, he, but Mark, Mark, you know, I mean, he, he doesn't have time. He's busy, you know, and, and you, know, you know, he's not, I'm, I, you know, I just want to go out and try to get as many falconry words in, in the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, to show him, you know, you know, you know, when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, yeah, so I, I got the red tail, flew, and, and um, I think in the second year, then I, then I hooked up with Mark. He helped me find goshawk nests. You know, he had, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's like a wealth of information mm-hmm. and uh, pulled a goshawk my third year. Wow. First year what as a, a, as a general. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Jeez. And, you know, it, it, you yeah, just everybody jumped right in. That's all I wanted to do, man. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Even more specific, not just to fly a goshawk. I wanted to catch ducks with a goshawk. Yeah, I used to be, you know, I used to hunt waterfowl all the time. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So now you want to make that transition. Yeah. And, you know, ever since I started catching ducks with a goshawk, I haven't shot a duck. That thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's way cooler. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I, to kind of dovetail on that, I was a falconer. You know, I grew up, I just started gun hunting last year, mm-hmm. you know, and it was cool. I really, I probably gun hunted as much as I hawked last year. Definitely cutting that way down. You know, I'm going to hawk way more this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did it. Like, I want to I wanna shoot a blue grouse, you know, and so that'll be cool. I got a duck last year, quail hunting. Literally, I was like, boom, okay. That <laughs> <laughs> was quail shot with yeah. seven. Really? What yeah. kind of duck was it? Female mallard. Mm. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, why not do it? I'm going to get into archery. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I hadn't talked to you about that. It's just like recent. Sorry, listeners, we're getting off the falconry a little bit, but I'm going to go pretty much full bore into that. As, mm-hmm. Like I will always and forever be a falconer first and foremost over everything. Right. But I want to take an elk next year. I'm going to take a bear this year in California. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Now, I don't know if I'm going to take a bear with a gun or a bow, mm-hmm. but... What do you think? Pretty, pretty big goals, man. You know, my whole Your thing was, you know, I've, I've always big game hunted. Yeah. And so uh, when my friends were getting into archery and stuff, you know, to me, it felt like, well, you know, I need to get some animals underneath my belt. A lot of people that transition from gun hunting to archery is because, you know, they've like, well, you know, shooting an animal 200 yards, you know, that excitement isn't there. Yeah, you know? not so much so, there anymore. Right. So, mm-hmm the bow is a better way to go, you know? So, mm-hmm. but, um, nowadays you sit through, you, you get those bows and man, before I'm pretty dang good. I can hit a, a target like this at 60 yards. Nice. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? Are you kidding me? You know, Oh, you know, honestly, I don't think I'd ever take a shot like that. I hope mm-hmm. not, but, uh, mm-hmm. if I can get 20, 30 yards from an elk or a deer, I'm, I'm drilling that thing, man. Dude. So, yeah. Dreaming about that now. Yeah, I know. It's just Mike McDermott yeah. got me. Got me all hot. And oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was this thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were there when we had that conversation yeah, that, that day. Lunch. So yeah. he gave me a book by Cameron Haynes, which you've heard of on Joe's, oh, right? Yeah. Heck yeah, man. And so I'm like, oh man, I used to shoot when I was younger too. So mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, right, this right. force, this force, that force. You need to get it into it. So I'm like, yes, I do. All right, screw yeah. it. 
Well, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with hunting an elk with a rifle, too, if he's never mm-hmm. killed an elk before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. Because my son, he ended up drawing a bull tag probably about seven years ago. It was a rifle hunt during the rut, which is something you don't ever get. There was only like two tags Jeez. in this unit, and he drew one. And so <laughs> we went out and— And the bed? In Nevada, yeah. Wow. And it was the most, it's just like you, you know, you see on TV where I called an elk in. We, we called three bulls in. He shot yeah. the third one. Yeah, the first one was a very immature seven point, seven by seven. And, you know, but they're massive. They're and so he's mad. 40 yards away. And my son was like, I could see him shaking Bull on his fever. knees. Bull he's, fever. He's looking around. He's like, I'm going to shoot it. I said, no, no don't no, no, shoot no, that one. Wait. Don't shoot that one. Because I'm going to shoot it. And it's bugling right in front of us and stuff. And it was crazy. So, <laughs> and then we shot it probably at 30, 35 yards. But wow. that bull, I called in to me and it was breaking the trees right in front of me. I mean, I'm 20 yards away from this thing sitting there and I'm trying to get a good look at his horns. Yeah. And when he bugled, my son, he was like 35 like yards to the right of me. your ears. Yeah. And when he bugled, I just went, just, <laughs> I, mean, I think more out of fear than anything else, you know? But uh, yeah, it, it was, it was coolest thing ever, you know? Wow. And then I, you know, like I said, it was amazing because we got lucky on the opening day. We had all kinds opening of, day, opening day. Holy you know, God. it was like one of those things like with, with the hawk where I thought, wow, all hunts like this are going to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't always happen like that, you know? <laughs> Mine was, was definitely not. Mine was like, my first red tail was like, I had to put in some work. I earned that squirrel. Like, yeah. Right? So down in Louisiana is where I started out. How many red tails have you flown? Two. Two males. Two? Which I should have. So the first year, it was 2011. And I don't know how Nevada was, but Louisiana and the Midwest was in a massive drought. Mm. Really bad and it's also Louisiana. So you don't get a bunch of migrating birds right away. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of babies survived that year in our local area. I trapped them December 16th. Wow. And I was searching since October 1st. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was like, first juvie, it's mine. Yeah. This little 900 gram male. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had a mediocre first season. Yeah. I mean, there was no season left. Squirrels or? Squirrels. Squirrels, yeah. And we had a, a better second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I transitioned to a Harris Hawk and I like really came into my own. It was terrific. But anyway, this is supposed to be yeah, <laughs> not about me. It's supposed to be about you. We're just talking. So anyways, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you the story. I just wrote an article of, I told the story how, you know, like, so I pulled this tearsel and like I said, no one's teaching me anything. You know, I'm just going by what I've read and Hey Mark, what yeah. do you think, man? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm going to enter my, my gospel. I mean, on bunnies, it was just crazy. I mean, but mm-hmm. he could only catch. Classic on bunnies. Oh, yeah. Just beautiful. Just amazing flights. Yeah. Interesting is that yeah, I could only get him to catch. I never caught more than three bunnies a day. Which is still. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Now standards, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, but like no. back then still, that's great. But anyway, so I, I get this, <laughs> this farm-raised duck. The Baggett, Drake Mallard. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. And, you know, we had it all set up. My son threw the duck up. He was in a canal where they couldn't see. And I it kind of mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. tried to set up. Yep. This like a hunting situation. He throws the duck up and the bird takes off the fist. They disappear into this dried up canal. And I come running to the edge. And I swear, Chris, the duck was chasing my hawk on the ground. And the hawk saw me just jumped to my fist. And I'm like, oh, what the heck? Threw the duck up again. He wouldn't even go for it. And so 
that year, I, I never caught that. He would refuse ducks. I mean, I, I couldn't Son even go for ducks. I didn't know. You know, I, I really didn't know. So I thought, you know what, what the heck, you know, I, I can catch. And he would catch jackrabbits too. You know, yeah. Whoa. He caught like 11 jackrabbits that first season. Which what was did he crazy. Because I thought, oh, that bad at Tearsville's pretty small. 580 grams. Son of a gun. Small. And, you know, he, he wasn't wrapping them up. He just held on to them <laughs> until he got drug into a bush. And then, you know, I was able to get in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he would just, yeah. Wow. So, 580 grams. So, remember that, all you people getting <laughs> yeah. the biggest females yeah, no. <laughs> out there. You don't need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, remember that. The next year, I get a female goshawk, and you North know, American, North American, mm-hmm. yeah, Wisconsin goss, and her flying weight to get her going it was eight hundred and sixty. By the end of the season, it was nine hundred and sixty. You know, mm-hmm. she she was yep. nice size. You know, we're catching jackrabbits left and right, and everything, and it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Go get that farm duck again. <laughs> yeah, the, well, no, I didn't even think about it. I swear, I didn't even think. I mean, catching ducks with goss was just completely left my mind. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you're having so much fun, fun just catching, walking out the yeah, back door. Yeah, rabbits. I mean, you wouldn't believe back then, this area right here was just having a peak of jackrabbits and cottontails. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. Just everywhere. Yeah. After the mole, um, this is a bad story, because uh, I was having a birthday lunch with my daughter. And, and Mark Moglish, son of a bitch, he called me up. He said, hey, do you want to meet a falcon from Alaska that, that flies a goshawk? Yeah. He goes, well, come on, be out here. Dude, can I, can I? No. Uh, I said, come on, we got to go. Look at it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, and son of a gun, that's how I met Don Hunley. Yeah. You know? Who you were just at? Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Lou was just in Alaska for like, what were you like, two weeks so or something it, like that? I was there for a Man, week, but we were just fishing in three days. Dude, it was awesome. That yeah. was super cool. Yeah. Literally goshawks nesting in the dude's backyard. Yeah. What's nice is that four of the guys that I was fishing with were all goshawkers. You oh, know? my gosh. So, you know, it was just, Get out it was here. just sick, you know? That's so yeah. cool. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, I met Don Hunley, and... He's flying his uh, female Alaskan goss named Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I was taking Don out to Smith Valley to take him to a rabbit field. Nice. And we're going down 395 here. And we passed this one canal. And Don said, hey, there was a couple of ducks on there. I said, yeah, they're always there. That's what he goes, dude. he goes, well, don't you want to catch them? And it just like, You're like boom. Wait yeah, exactly. That's why I'm a yeah. <laughs> and and I, I pulled the, the fastest U-turn right there on the highway, you know. Like an exactly. <laughs> just Fast pulled up and, and we did this perfect stalk. And it was in the morning, so the sun's rising. And oh, when we flushed the ducks, go. I mean the, the water droplets were like glistening like crystals. And his bird just like hugged the ground and, and the ducks are <laughs> shot yeah, up. Yep. Vertical. And yep. I, I swear I was just there it is. Yep. Never look back. That's all I, you know, that, that's my passion. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. So, oh, so we ended up bagging uh, Vina a couple times and yeah. And it worked. Yeah, absolutely. It, Even wow. in her second year, you know, she took the ducks like that. So. Terrific. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see, I, well, just recently I finally saw videos of wild goshawks hunting ducks. Mm-hmm. They do it naturally, you yeah. know, so it should just come to them. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting now that I've, you know, with, with the, all the birds that I've, I've flown them, <laughs> I can tell you that they're not all into ducks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because uh, I think I've had, let me see, three sets where I've done like two tiersels I imprinted mm-hmm. one year and one took ducks, but didn't like rabbits. Mm-hmm. And the other one was just vice versa. Huh. Yeah. 
like, yeah. you know, like rabbits, but didn't like ducks. And then I had two females. I, my f- most favorite goshawk ever, besides Vina, mm-hmm. was Siri. That's that uh, Siberian bird. Mm-hmm. If you ever look back on my Facebook, you know, I've got all kinds of old videos. Where she was the tamest bird ever. And she did not want to go for ducks. I would flush, you know, a flock of 50 of them in front of her, and she would kind of just weave right through the middle of them just to get to the opposite bank. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. But her sister, Jasmine, was, like, just turned on by ducks. It was just amazing. Oh, full sister. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. And, you know, who knows? I mean, really interesting that Siri did end up catching one duck in her falconry career. Mm -hmm. It was a a wounded one. And she dove into the water, you know, as it was trying to— do something, out there. yeah. But I was stoked. <laughs> hey, it's a duck. Exactly. A duck's a duck. Yeah. It's like yeah. Harris Hawk catching quail on the ground. I got one. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all great. So, what what made you want to start breeding? I think it's like a natural progression. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Have a I, pr- I personally believe that. Yeah. I, I think I don't know. I was grandpa's a breeder, and so I absolutely mm-hmm. want to breed. So you think? You know, I'm flying an imprint goshawk. You know, it was Vina and. I think her third year, you know, I walked out to her mew uh, yeah. during the molt and she chupped at me. I'm like, started bowing. What the heck is that? Yeah. You now she's chupping. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was the first year. She didn't mm-hmm. really bow or anything, but she was oh, chupping. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, that, well, that's interesting. And you know, I f- talked to Mark. He said, yeah, that's that's according. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the next year, she full on stood and everything, you know, and I didn't have a donor male. So mm-hmm. Jeff Novak lives in Ridgecrest, four and a half hours away. And I would make that trip. Just to get uh, semen. Oh, we, Mark didn't have any goshawks then? Not, not time, no. Oh, you got him in the goshawks. Well, no. <laughs> Don't ever say that. <laughs> no, no I, I, th- I think, you know, as a matter of fact, I had the passion for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has a passion for falcons. You've seen his operation over yep. there, you know. So, And he's so busy with the falcons that he didn't have time for that. But mm-hmm. I think once we started producing these these white, white birds, mm-hmm. which everybody wanted, Absolutely. you know. I think it's just uh, got him back into it. So okay, now, gotcha. now he's going to be fine. A North American goshawk this year. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that just? I'm like, I'm like, I know it's reverse. That's what I thought about you. I was so, like, this year, I'm like, wait, man, he's got all these white birds, but he's going to fly North American male. Why did you come around to that? Well, mainly because the white birds are still, even though they're not. Twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars are mm-hmm. still relatively expensive for mm-hmm. just everyday falconers. I've turned so many people away that called and asked if they had North Americans, and that's all I used to produce. I used to produce North oh. American birds. Yeah, and that's all there was. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, at the time, there was probably shoot everybody bred North Americans. No one had white birds. Mm-hmm. So I think once the uh, people started breeding the uh, the Siberians and crosses and stuff, I think mm-hmm. they they got away from North Americans. Mm-hmm. So, yep. because every, everybody will spend money on the male, mm-hmm. bring that to all his females. Mm-hmm. I know a bunch of guys like that. I'm sure you do yeah. too, to make the crosses. But you turned down that many people wanting North Americans. Yeah, quite a few. Huh. And it's needed, you know. But and, people, yeah, want people want them, you know. And I, I think there's a really good market for that. And they'll be more affordable. You know, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Four years in, your first female started like bowing and chopping and going through all the motions with you. And then Mark said, that's it, you know, da-da-da. Yeah. Where did you go from there? Yeah, I had to find a semen donor. Mm -hmm. So I I knew of Jeff Novak. He was producing North Americans. Mm -hmm. So I contacted him. He said, yeah, if you make the right out here, I can get you some semen. So Mm -hmm. four and a half hours there, four and a half hours back. 
And you know, it's it's oh, not like boy. it's not like guaranteed that you, the bird's going to no. donate. So a lot of times no. I'm sitting there waiting. You know, <laughs> warm we'll up. try them again in another fifteen minutes. We'll we'll give them give an hour. Let's go to let's go have breakfast. You let's know, and we'll come back <laughs> and try. It. You know, but you know, every time I went down there, I did get a donation. Good. First year, I think I had two eggs. Mm-hmm. One was completely infertile. The other one died at twenty six days old. <clears throat> yeah. So Crushing. yeah. But I was trying natural incubation, you know. So, oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, everybody needs to learn that lesson. Just right. pull them, you know. Yeah, let them set 12 days, 10, 12 days, and then put them in the incubator, mm-hmm. you know. Monitor their weights and everything, and yeah. So. And then the next year? The next year, let me see. Still how Jeff Novak? No, I, I acquired a, a Tiersel. Okay. It's supposed to be a Wisconsin Tiersel. Right. And it was captive bred. And supposedly out of Jim Kitzman's project. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was 10 years old. Oh, so it was okay. a proven donor. And that's yeah. always scary. You know, you know, you got, you know. Oh, is saying, it or is, yeah, like, is proven, it really? Proven donor, you know. But yeah, it, I mean, the bird did great, you know. And, and he was donating for, shoot, four or five <clears throat> years, you know. And I was oh, producing cool. babies. And you know, I think one year, I think the best year I had with that was all pure North Americans. I think I had, uh, I produced 10 babies. Out of two females? No, three females. Okay. I had three at the time. Nice. Yeah. Pretty incredible. And and the trick is, is that, you know, well, if you're lucky, you don't have two females that are cycling the same time. Mm-hmm. So the first one, you pull the first egg, put it on a shelf. When she lays the second egg, you swap them out. Mm-hmm. When she lays the third egg, put the, the second one in, or you mm-hmm. pull the third one, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you, you try to get them to lay four eggs. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're lucky... When, when she starts sitting tight and incubating, mm-hmm. you have another female come online. Come online, and mm-hmm. she lays an egg. Well, now you got the first egg that's had ten days underneath the bird. Boom! Put that incubator. Put the new one in there. Now this one can lay more. Mm-hmm. You know, you can keep pulling eggs until you're happy. So yeah, I was able to get some really good results that way. Nice. Yeah. So all those birds came to fruition. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I really want to get into breeding myself. Grandpa's a breeder, and it's like I've always, you know, I love Jurassic Park, right? The coolest thing, little dinosaur babies. I bred reticulated oh. pythons, and that was mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. I'll probably come back to that a little bit. Definitely not to where I was. I had, you know, one, one, of, one of the best, and, and I and I tell all my buddies, most of my falconry friends are all goshawkers mm-hmm. and imprint goshawks. Mm-hmm. The very first year I, I produced a baby, it was Vina. Mm-hmm. I got this book from the UK. It says you hand feed them for the first three to five days mm-hmm. until they start feeding really well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, you know, it's kind of hit and miss. Yep. You know, and, you know there, there's some poor, there can be some bad results, you know, if you just let the bird parents raise. You know, yeah. parent raise from the beginning. So I would hand feed them for like five days. And the first time I put the baby in with the bird, it was scary. They said, you want to cup it because you don't know how the bird's going to react, you know? Mm-hmm. So I went out to the mew and I put the baby in the nest. I'm cupping it, and Vina was pissed, man. She she had flown off the nest. Was on the perch. She's cacking at me. Then she flew back to the nest. She's all puffed up, cacking right in my face, you know, right there. Oh, gosh. yeah. 
And then she could hear the baby like chipping. Yep. Yeah. And she just smoothed right out and her head started cocking back and forth, you know. I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, and I took my hands away, took a piece of food, a piece of quail, and gave it to the baby. And Vina kind of got closer to me and I gave her a piece of food and she fed the baby. And then I fed the baby. And we're both feeding the baby. Yeah. Look at the goosebumps, man. Yeah. You know, it was the coolest thing ever, you know. And so, that's awesome. Yeah. It's addicting. And then helping them hatch and everything, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. That is super cool. Yeah. But, you it's know. It's not about the money. Yeah, it's not about it's the money. definitely not yeah, about the money. Yeah. I've actually created its own business. So a lot of times, you know, I don't claim a lot of expense. So I can at least break even, you mm-hmm. know, to make it not be a hobby, you know. But having a, a business like that, reading Goshawks, uh, pays the expenses for, you know, like travel, mm-hmm. going, you know. Because you, you have to be able to bond with the bird to get it to breed. That's right. And so you and, and the only way everywhere. you got to take it hunting, you know, like every day, you know, <laughs> you know? so my oil uh, changes, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, new seriously, tires, those new ten yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, so, you know, it's oh, a, man. you got to do it. Awesome. Too. All right, man. Well, Hey, again, thank you for mm-hmm. allowing me to come here and do this. Where can people find you? Shoot, and, uh, I was just saying, uh, you have a, I have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not professionally done or anything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't do any editing on the channel, mm-hmm. uh, on my videos, but it's just me um, videotaping uh, some of my duck flights. Yeah. And I think I have like three years worth on there. So, wow. You know, if you three just seasons? Like, that three seasons, yeah. yeah. So okay. if you'd like to see, you know, like just goshawks catching ducks, or at least trying to, you know, just yeah. Yeah, Sierra Short Wings on YouTube. Sierra yeah. Short Wings. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you want to tell everybody? No, not really. Cool, no. man. All right. Again, yeah. thanks for jumping on. You All right. We're out of here. Bye, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus. Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.